You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 314th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Slovenia, the home of professional cycling. <laughs> this is Matt in slightly smoky Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, cyclocross season is coming. That's all I know. Oh no. Is it cyclocross weather? It's all we think about here in New England all the time, so mm-hmm. yeah. Are you guys doing cyclocross up there? Because I thought you guys were the one part of the country that was going to not be it is, destroyed by COVID. It is coming. It's not here yet. Okay. Okay. So I don't this think, is, I don't this think is a next, this is a 2021 sort of arrival. 2021 cyclocross is coming. Yeah. But we got to finish with the tour very, and the Giro and the Vuelta yeah. and the Spring Classics yeah. and the Worlds. Well, it is, it is September 20th. So that means the Vuelta just finished. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. The tour just ended. Gentlemen, so much to discuss, so much to talk about. Little guy, take take it away. Tell the world why I am a horrible host. This <laughs> right. uh, where well, to start? This isn't why you're a horrible host. Um, I mean, that's a totally different subject. Um, what I want to say is I was talking to Tim during the time trial on, on, on Saturday. Everybody knows the time trial. And I was saying... I think I think Pogacar's got this. I I Roglic is pedaling squares, man, and he's taking time, and there's a lot of time. And Tim, Tim basically turned his hat backwards, turned a chair backwards, <laughs> sat me down, and said, "Hey, little buddy, I love you, but you're an idiot. There's no way Roglic is going to lose this. There's no way in the world." And I was like, "Dude, I th- I think uh, it's happening right now, like on the screen." And and I got I got talked to like I was. <laughs> I was just watching cycling for the first time ever, and I yeah. called him and gone, "Hey, this guy on the front of the race is winning." Um, I, Tim just told I me. I think off. I told you I loved you at least. Yep. I, I told you I loved you at least three and times. And then I, I'm pretty sure, like, little guy, I love you, but but you were a good thirty seconds in front of my. Feet. I think we didn't know that. At that so point, in yes, my defense, yes. I I was like, no, it shows that he still got fifteen seconds in the bag. <laughs> I believe we we hung up. Because you, you were playing with your son, and I was about to leave. I almost left during this time trial because it's a time trial, and I was going to go run an errand. And then I believe you called me back a minute or two later to say, oh, my God, <laughs> he is losing this. Pogachar is going to take the jersey. Uh, it's actually okay. happening. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a believer. But, guys, beating Tom Dumoulin by over a minute I will be the first to say it. I will not be shocked. Yeah, but he beat Carapaz (laughs) by over a minute, who slow rolled it into the base of the climb. Guys, (laughs) I will be the first to say, I do not believe in miracles. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I will not be shocked when uh, it is soon revealed that the true winner of the 2020 Tour de France was Richie Porte in a solid (laughs) victory for Trek Segafredo. Because the real hero here, oh my god, there's so much to talk about. 
First off, yes. I felt honestly felt the way that I felt when Floyd Landis went on the rampage across the mountains on what stage 17 of the 2006 tour when I was watching this time trial. That's how much he won by. It's unbelievable. And I say unbelievable in that I can't believe it. I'm a jaded cycling fan. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway that I have from this time trial, and I want to get you guys' takes on this because famously little guy has opinions in all capital letters, opinions about time trials. (laughs) Does this change the way that you think about time trials in Grand Tours? That's that's hard, man, because I did earlier in the day tweet about how boring the time trial was, basically. Um, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was was riveting, I have to admit. Um, it, it, I had the whole emotional roller coaster of, of actually enjoying the racing and then feeling bad for Roglic, feeling excited for Pogachar. Um, yeah, it was good. I'll admit it. It was really good. Now, will this mean that most time trials are good? No. Are time trials good on the last day when there's uh, less than a minute between two people? Yes. Did I no. see a lot of uh, Fignon in this? And it sort of <laughs> broke my heart and. Um, another way, yes. Did th- did this feel sort of like a recurring nightmare? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I will jump in. I felt horrible for Roglic. I felt especially yeah. horrible for Laser Helmets because the <laughs> what a bad advertisement that was. Just the cockeyed helmet on Roglic, like maybe one size too small, um, mm-hmm. because of yeah. how pedaling the squares. Well, like he he. It, he have you ever seen the movie Tin he Cup? He had the proper luft. With that helmet, though. <laughs> very, very, very true. <laughs> That's true. I think he did still get fifth. Yeah. That's what's crazy. It's not like he had a bad yeah. day, um, but he did have a he bad have a day. Good enough day. Right? Like, that's like the the thing here. Um, I don't know. I, I want to believe, but maybe just one team had better well, blood bag management than the other. I'll go ahead and say it. But I will say that I'm super stoked that Campi, Campignolo can just bask in the glory of winning the Tour de France for the first time since what? like Probably Indurain. Huh? Who? Indurain? No, yeah. I think it was I think it was Nibali, right? It's Nibali I or Cadell. Nibali's a Shimano man, but I could be wrong. I don't I don't remember. I I think I mean I think when he was on Astana, I think they huh. were on Campy. If nothing else, Cadell was on okay, Campy. That's true. But either way, it was great to see Campy take the victory. Colnago get the the win. Sure, it's great. I enjoyed the Tour de France. It, it, it provided everything for us, right? Like, it was still a great tour once you... It was a great tour. You become a true cycling fan and just deflect all reality. And look, to be very clear, I am the biggest proponent of Alejandro Valverde, who also has a questionable past. So, like, yes, I totally understand the, <laughs> the duality of my arguments here and how I oh, accept yeah. one thing and not another. So, regardless of that... It was a lot of fun to watch the tour. I loved almost all of the stages. I was a little disappointed on the lack of summit finishes. I wish that there was more. Really? But there were some days that were pretty epic. Uh, you know, crossing uh, seven different uh, named peaks in one day was, was pretty awesome. Um, Spencer was uh, pulled out in our uh, Slack channel that stage mm-hmm. 18. Ended in a pretty epic way with both uh, Pogachar and um, uh, uh, Roglic coming up to the end right is this what is that the stage when the guy no, jumped this on the, is uh this is the um, track the ineos redemption tour 
Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. When yeah. Kiewikowski won, run, won. Fantastic to see Kiewikowski taking the win there, it was. by the way. It was. It was. Ineos's, well, they had a tour to forget. Uh, there's no beating around the bush there. Um, but that day, yeah. uh, they came out with a, a surefire plan that went off without a hitch to redeem their entire tour, to secure sponsorship for the future, and, you know, keep the paychecks rolling, keep the... <laughs> signatures on the contracts going, uh, keep their baby's mouths fed. But then some fan took that all away from them by jumping under the course, running along with them in the finishing straight, ruining all the finishing photos that uh, Ineos (laughs) and and everyone are paying, you know, top dollar for (laughs) just to – Get a little what? I don't know why you would do that as a fan. Like TV time, I guess. Like anyway, I just I don't know. At least uh, do it naked. It was um, <laughs> wow. I let, let's get into the fans side of things. I felt oh, sick to oh, my yeah. stomach every time watching these rides go up the mountains, and you'd see the fan getting in the face with the mask yeah. below the mouth, yeah. below the nose, just yelling literally in there, inches away from the face. It felt dirty. It felt disgusting. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it's one of those questions where you're just like, man, you're the person that comes to the grocery store and like gets super close to me when I'm reaching for that, you know, the can of chili. It felt gross to uh-huh. watch on TV and not to see like the protection of the riders at a level of, I don't know. I just, I don't think I'll be able to get over that from this tour. Like, remember, you know, 98, 99% of the fans with masks on, everyone, most people, you know, being oh. fantastic, and then you just have the assholes like in, directly, like literally yeah. in their faces in the middle of a global pandemic, yeah. and you're like, "Come on, man! Like, just back away." Tim, you said ninety-eight, ninety-nine in the middle of that sentence, and you can't do that to a cycling fan. You know that, right? Like, you just sent my brain like in a different direction because I was like, "What? Well, what's he going to talk about ninety-eight, ninety-nine season?" Because that's when the whole Festina thing blew up. <laughs> so, guys, there's so much to talk about. How about we just do this? How about I throw out name, I throw out an event, and you guys share your opinions on this? Because there's obviously, you know, we have dozens of listeners across the world that 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 pick on us, that that come out. So I'll start. Um, <laughs> you know, when when I hear like I'm just gonna throw out Bernal, like what happened to Bernal? Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that won the tour last year and then didn't even finish this year. Was in the white jersey for a while. I was waiting for Bernal to come to fruition. What are you guys thinking um, about I'm, when you hear Bernal? I'm thinking, I bet he was really good in July. You know, like I bet he was in primo top form in July. So is this the, what were they doing with Carapaz? Cause there was like the Carapaz really kind of started coming around going like, you know, Carapaz could be the guy, like maybe you should have actually kept him in Eos mm-hmm. for the Juro. Right. They should have. Cause he's, <laughs> he's, probably on some really good form right now but the Giro starts in less than two weeks so i'm gonna imagine he's probably going to the volta now like it just seems like a total waste like the way that they use uh carapaz um we talked about rich well in, in ineos's defense uh the two of the riders in the top 10 port <laughs> and yates are going to ineos next year so in a sense ineos did get two yeah. top 10 um, this year Quick shout out, Tom Pidcock just got signed to Enios, so you can already see Enios is making the investment into British uh, cycling future, even though they left 
the British yeah. cycling champions on the way on the, the side of the road before uh-huh. the tour. Richie Port. Um, last week, little guy mm-hmm. Spencer. I don't know. I don't know how you ended the conversation, but <laughs> I felt this entire week rejuvenated. Uh-huh. I felt this entire week doing nothing except uh, Control F Port on everything, ev- any type of article I read because all I cared about was Richie Port, the uh-huh. the man that stayed away from the birth of his second child, who fought like hell to get third place on the podium in an epic finish and win yeah. the slow ride podcast gray jersey for the 35 top 35 plus finisher thrilled with that a tough battle yes. with alejandro valverde but guys like it i don't know i'm a richie port fan it's strange yeah yeah we're all richie port fans now isn't it weird it is it was cool to see uh i bet he's really regretting the fact that he has signed at least purportedly signed with Ineos to be like a super domestique over there when he just got on the podium <laughs> granted like yeah Carapaz wasn't actually fit and Sinkoff Sinkovitz or whatever fell down in the first stage everybody fell in the first stage but I feel like there'll be some interesting conversations when they get together with Ineos this year yeah. and they have um like 17 guys who finished top 10 in a grand tour recently and they all want okay. to be leader next year. So let's play my next favorite but. exercise. We'll, we'll continue down this. So I was going to say Tagich Pogacar, you know, who uh-huh. won an exciting rider, an exciting racer. Congratulations to him. But UAE Team Emirates, gentlemen, uh. can you name any of his teammates that finished the Tour de France this year? And it finished, Team yes. Jumbo Visma does not count. <laughs> uh Christoph finished I think and uh Dela Cruz finished. Dela Cruz actually came good in the so last week. I knew Christoph. I forgot about Dela Cruz. Yeah. They have Jan Polank. Yeah. 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 I forgot Pol- about yeah. that guy, right? Dela Cruz. Yeah, knew about him the time show. Logan, Vanguard Stock Logan, some Norwegian guy, had never heard about him the entire race. Marco Macardo no <laughs> little guy see again no, you yeah. don't even know alexander Kristoff. sure that's it well i think well, i think what's really interesting is that had everybody not fallen down and got hurt earlier in the race like had things gone to plan for uae th- th- they had a really good mountain train mm. to like rival like in on paper they had aru they had de la cruz and they had formalo and then aru did an aru and like blew up seven stages in and was of no use uh formula like broke a rib or something formula broke something um and then de la cruz i think fell down early in the race too and didn't really come good till the end and in a way i think that's what helped is like they didn't (laughs) pogatar was just able to surf wheels whereas like if things had gone to plan they maybe would have tried more things and just actually ended up wasting energy (laughs) i like that theory i I don't know i kind of wonder what their plan was with those guys and then how that came out good (laughs) Uh, quick shout out to Roger mm-hmm. Kluge of Team Lotto Sudal, who beat out three of his teammates for her last place in the tour at six hours and seven minutes behind. <laughs> Won that by about six yeah. minutes over Frederick Friesen and 20 minutes over Caleb Ewan. Um, shout out to that guy. What about these time gaps, man? Like, like 20th place is like an hour behind. It's crazy. Like six Dude, hours? Not, last place is six hours not, back. That's Naira crazy. was an hour and three minutes back. So let's talk about that little guy. Oh you brought that up in the uh, Slow Ride Pass uh, podcast green room. 
Who are the who of the GC favorites that crash and had crappy races? Wins the Vuelta. Bookman, Quintana, mm-hmm. Pino, Formalu, Aru, Haguita, and Chavez. It's probably more, but I mean, who wins it? It's got to be Froome, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say Nairo wins it. That's my my pick for the for the Volta. I think he was actually in good form. Lean and Nairo on this one as well. Uh, I hate to agree with little guy, but uh, I think that's the only pick. <laughs> I lost a lot of points on uh, roller derby because I kept throwing him down on Red Lotto for Thomas De Gent to win stage wins, and man, what a horrible <laughs> tour that guy had. <laughs> he didn't have a horrible tour. I mean, when you're a stage hunter, like sometimes it works, sometimes Do you it know doesn't. how to great tour. Sunweb I, on the Cervelo bicycles that Sunweb. Wow. Yes. Like who saw that? Three stage wins for those guys? It's pretty impressive. And they didn't even bring Bling Matthews. So uh, might have been why they got three stage wins. Yeah, probably. Do you guys think that the reason this tour and I went into this tour to France expect like I guess I just had the lowest expectations for Everything. I thought everybody would be out of shape. I thought nobody would be taking it maybe all that seriously. I kind of didn't think it would finish uh, to be completely transparent. Um, so I wasn't completely bought in. And I kind of figured a lot of the riders probably weren't either as well as teams. But um, everybody showed up except for a clear favorite. Do you think that is what made the race so exciting? Or do you think it was more the... Uh, the layout, the stages, and all so, that stuff. I'll let little guy go here, and then this is a great pivot that you ask questions. So, so little guy, do you think the benefit, the reason this race was so good, like Spencer said, was the lack of a clear favorite? Uh, I kind of felt like Roglic was the favorite in a way, though him and him and Bernal dropping out of the Dauphine, I guess, threw some question marks up. So, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of. It was all over the place, and I think those crashes first first day kind of set a weird template where we had a lot of a lot of guys hurt so, and, mm-hmm. and walking wounded. And so when we hit the mountains, we had a lot of like, I mean, like I even like looking down the list now. It's like I don't know. I I kind of assume everybody fell, and like like Valverde, like he's pretty anonymous, but he might have been bruised up. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was. I think that kind of played more role than we know let me put it this way spencer this is this is a really good jumping off point for one of the things i was thinking about is that on paper i enjoyed this tour it did provide everything because it did have that kind of who is the favorite kind of situation but at the same time i really didn't like there not being a favorite because you guys know me i really hate i really want to hate people when it comes to like (laughs) like a tour win like like I want there to be an guy. enemy. I I yeah. want a heel. I want the guy that I need to boo, right? I want to boo Lance Armstrong so that I can like become somehow look the other way for Jan Ulrich the entire time, right? Like <laughs> like I I want to <laughs> boo the bad guy and cheer for the hero and at no point in any of the yellow jersey leaders, anybody that was in this race, do I not have a like a hate for like a, a genuine, like I don't want that guy to win. And therefore it's more enjoyable for me to watch the guy. Uh-huh. I don't want to win, win. Like I kind of, you know, as much as I didn't uh-huh. want Lance to win, I kind of enjoyed it when he won because I was like, ah, oh, next year I'll, I'll be really yeah, yeah, invested. Yeah. Like next year's <laughs> the year. And yeah, yeah. maybe Pogacar is that guy. 
and now I have this like great sob story huh. of Roglic, who like I felt genuinely bad for, regardless of chemistry calculations of what happened during the time trial. I was like, I felt bad for when Wout Van Arts and Tom Dumoulin had to like console him after a f- solid fifth place on a mountain TT uh-huh. for losing. Like, yeah, that no, melted my heart away. But I also like was like, hey man, the guy's twenty one. Poker cars twenty one. Like, congratulations, you just won the tour. Like, kind of excited. I yeah. will say this: Pogacar totally has the ingredients for me not to like him. Like, like, like next year going into the race. What are those? Like, I'm kind of like, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I want this yeah. guy. To, like, yeah. We, we we need to break down what these ingredients are. Like we're gonna need some details. Yeah, here. what makes twenty one? And he, we, I want to know how he, did he? Well, but did you hate Bernal? He doesn't have a mustache, so I don't know <laughs> um, what qualifiers you have. Okay, I'll 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 jump right into it. He's twenty one. <laughs> he doesn't do really any like at least when I'm watching, he doesn't really do anything exciting on the bike. He kind of just followed people. Like he, sure, there's an attacks yeah. here and there, but he's not. He didn't have the team with him. It was uh-huh. just a little bit too perfect. Uh-huh. And then this time so trial... You, you, wait, so you're, you're so knocking him because he didn't have a team. You want a rider that's going to have some panache and go go after things with some gusto. Got it. Okay. No, 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 no. Writing no, this down. No, no, no. Okay. He only won three stages, no, right? No, that's no. Again. That's not good. I just... <laughs> he's so good that I don't want to like him anymore. Right, foundational like that's it two he's 21 he was born okay. bef- like after i graduated high school wait i'm trying to do that yeah wow holy crap i am really <laughs> old he was i was drinking yeah. beers okay. when he was born so yes part okay. two i don't like no, him for I'm how old he is yet, but okay okay so you want a little bit more a, a slightly more mature not a velvet like we're not and oh. i'm not trying to pump you know uh, Tim, Tim, can I interject? Because we are recording this on the twentieth, but in Europe it's already the twenty-first. So Pogachar is 22. now 22. okay. Two, thank little you, guy. It's his birthday. On, on that note, little guy, real quick, do you remember? Yeah, the twenty-first night of September. <laughs> do I remember? It? Yeah. No. Okay, that's unfortunate. Should I? <laughs> well, it's a you know, it's a, it's a pretty good meme, little guy. It's a pretty good Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, song. <laughs> Oh, I will. Um, I'll continue. Very here. Popular. So, he he's too good is one. Two, okay. he's twenty one. Right. Three okay. is that he rides for UAE team Emirates. Okay. Um, major yeah. problem here mm-hmm. because his team director is the guy behind Sunyar Duval, who, yes, gave me my favorite cyclist Ricardo Rico, who I have uh, gone on Chris Horner, and goddamn Chris Horner was on Sunyar <laughs> Duval. But like the shadiness of the, the petrochemical state, uh-huh. fin- okay. financing a team. Th- there's smoke, there's fire. Like I just okay. don't I like them you. there. I got uh, you. For do you, do you, the the oh, time is there trial. A fourth reason. He's dirty. I, <laughs> okay. All right. So we want a. Seems, you want a a a older. But not too old rider, a, a good wait, wait, solid wait, wait, wait. I want, classic like, to, age rider. You, you saying to win? No, as a as a as your hero. As my hero, we need a we need a anti hero. This is our anti hero. Okay, Pogacar. Yeah, yeah. So now we need our hero. Yeah, he yeah. needs to be classic. You know, 
cycling age, like, you know, not too old, not too, you know, in the prime. You uh-huh. want somebody in their prime. Okay. You want uh-huh. somebody with some panache mm-hmm. who's going to attack stages and, and ride with, ride with feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you want somebody mm-hmm. on a team that's been dedicated to cycling and not dedicated to, you know, uh, controlling a, a area of the world or, uh, you know, petroleum. Um, mm-hmm. I have a suggestion. Nairo. It sounds like your perfect rider <laughs> is Julian Alaphilippe. Oh my god. No. Like that <laughs> Oh, this is like the problem of being a cycling fan is like who is the guy we're supposed to believe in? I, I just want Nairo to win. Right? I want Valverde to win again. <laughs> or I, win. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I don't know if Nairo has the panache. I, I don't like Pogacar winning. How about that? Okay. Let me just say it. That's fine. I now have an enemy yeah. in professional cycling. I wish him well in life, but I don't want him to win the tour again, ever. And Here's so the thing. Now, wow. Ouch. What? No, I want Roglic to win. Like, I am all in on the Roglic train. Um, I... I- Okay, I got t- I got two things to say real quick. I hope uh, Pogacar comes back next year and does not go for the GC at all, and instead <laughs> tries to win the green jersey because it's the only one that he has I not know, won. Right, and the gray um, jersey, and the gray jersey. He'll have to wait a while for that one. Um, <laughs> I know, don't wait too long. My, I gotta say, uh, your whole thing, your whole spiel here, the last ten minutes of this show about the uh, what you don't like about a cyclist is, I mean, I don't disagree with, but it lines up for me perfectly with Primoz Roglic. I just haven't wanted that guy to win since he got in the professional field. I can't let a ski jumper sully my sport. I don't know what it is. I have no actual real reason for this, but I mm-hmm. I like that he does well, but I like that he doesn't quite win. You know, like is that the the big show? This is the biggest problem with being a cycling fan, right? Is that like? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, so, like, so, so, so I know there's listeners right now going on like slowridepodcast at gmail dot com, and they're like, "You guys are flawed. All you you don't want Pogachar to win, but you're the biggest fans of Alejandro Valverde, and you're like, yep, <laughs> yes we are. We admit yeah, yeah. it's a flawed rationale, but it's it's the same with any cyclist, right? Like you love them when they're in twentieth when they're in 15th, when they're in 10th, when they're in 5th. But once they get above that, you start to be like, mm, I don't know if I like you anymore. So I got to look further down the list. Can I say that, like, I want... Here, here, <laughs> here, here's the full circle that the Slow Ride Podcast is going to have on Poker Car. And by Slow Ride Podcast, I mean me. Uh-huh. I want six, seven solid years of not winning the tour. And then come, like, 2027, oh, wow. he's 28 time. years old, starting to get to that washed-up stage. He's looking around, he's like... Man, I guess I'll go over to Israeli Cycling Academy. You know, I'm so, uh-huh. I'm so busy uh-huh. just just winning all the time or losing or being real close. And then we get into the the bandwagon of like, you know what, guys, Pogacar's paid his dues. I want him to now finally win. I th- I could see that happening in the future. Mm-hmm. But this is why we're we're all in for a rue to win. I the need ball an enemy, and I'm I, I'm okay if it's <laughs> Pogacar. I know you're. I know you're feeling. I'm pretty much all in on uh, Roglic and also Carapaz. I don't want that guy to win anymore. Oh, no, come on! Why. I'm all into Carapaz. Carapaz, I totally want to win. He got screwed. He should be at the Giro <laughs> again for the defense. Um, little guy, how stoked are you that Campy won the tour? 
Yeah, sure, whatever. It's fine. I'm not wow. really that excited about it. Wow. <laughs> um, the final guy. on the final day of the tour, guys. I do think we need to give a um, yeah. a mention of this. It is uh, very important, obviously, as we've seen the social justice movements across the world taking place. Is that finally on the final day of the tour, um, we had a uh, the, the symbolic uh, gestures made by both uh, you know the Peloton with Kevin Reza leading the ride out of the neutral start in the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. Um, little guy, I am with you from your notes that you had in the Slowride podcast, uh, uh, secret Twitter and in the green room that it, it was something, it was nice to see, but it did feel small. Yeah, it, yeah, it feels small. I think it would feel, it would feel if it, if it was big or I guess I didn't see who, which every single rider was, I guess it was some fairly big riders, but you know what I mean? But I feel bad that like. It get the onus gets put on yeah. Re- Reza to like lead this as as the one like black rider in the in the peloton at the tour. You know, it's like, um, you know, I would I would rather it would be better if it was like everyone in the top ten or something. You know, and it's like who is like making making that push immediately. But I'm glad something because it did feel like the only sport that had sort of not said anything, especially because there's like folks from everywhere and it's yeah to me it yeah. seemed weird that it was on the final day right like this should have been a message across the entire yeah. race um and to have all the i mean i guess it's important that kevin reza did finish the race but he has before i mean he is a, a well-known domestique in the professional peloton and to put all the onus on yeah. him definitely was a um tough because but also at the same time yeah. it is probably the most what the least diverse of all professional sports from that i follow even um so crazy yeah it definitely uh, i mean ho- hopefully uh i think i mean i forget what tj's quotes were but tj had some decent quotes on it which you know tj uh something did something at the tour so I, um hopefully though it'll be something that will stay on be a topic that will stay in the peloton maybe the only know. thing that would have been better um and I saw this on Twitter was the comment that the only thing that would have, you know, really put put a nice icing on the cake in this social justice movement is if they just uh, put Moscone out there so everyone could punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> that was a great Twitter. I don't even know well, who did that, but it was pretty hilarious. I mean, it, I, it would have been better if Moscone was in the race and then everybody, everybody... Everybody, you could be got the BLM on the mask. Yeah, he could be cere- ceremoniously dropped or unceremoniously. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone just like launch, yes. like not even his team like helps him back from a flat tire. Right. <laughs> uh, see, this is this is your true baddie, your true baddie of the peloton. Come it on. is. That's true. I mean, I mean, yeah. So, well, I mean, overall, I guess uh, let's get into kind of the uh, the nuts and bolts here, guys, to wrap this up on the tour. I'm sure there's much more conversation to have. We have a bunch of great emails um, and other things to mm-hmm. go through, but I would like your summary and your score on a one to 10 scale, 10 being the greatest tour of all time. One being, um, one of the seven Lance victories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you guys rate this tour and what it meant, uh, to you guys and kind of overall, just kind of what your thoughts are on the, um, 2020 tour de France in September. I'll give it a eight. Hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a great race. 
kind of like a little different than you, Tim. I don't feel like I need a baddie as much, but I didn't have a rider who I was so passionate about winning, you know, that I was on pins and needles. Like I, I kind of like everybody there in, in the top handful of, and I'm kind of fine with whoever, which I kind of enjoy that more. It's less painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I uh, just I'm just enjoy the racing. So I thought it was a great race, and the fact that it happened is all it adds one point. That's a that is a very to the score. very strong shout out. So little guy with eight with the very important caveat that um, it actually happened and it kind of brought our attention elsewhere. Although there were a couple yes. of shady retirements during the uh, race where it was like oh flu like symptoms. Who knows? We'll see what maybe Roglic was feeling sick, right? Yeah. Of uh, of all time, uh, I think I'm going to give this a nine. Whoa. I Right up there. Yeah. I, and I don't know. Like, I like the course. Like, I liked all the weird mountain stages in the first week. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem, like, forced. Um, they didn't have any uh, Paris-Roubaix stage, so that's a plus. Um and, so they did have gravel. Ah, uh, gravel's okay. Like you know, you gotta you gotta speak to the millennial crowd. You know, so there. <laughs> the um, little market research there, but again, uh, like without a clear favorite, I I really thought the race was wide open, and it. I think it. I mean, Yellow Lotto kind of tried their best to do an Ineos Discovery, Team Sky, whatever. Uh, interpretation and they did you know they're they they would have got away with it too if it wasn't for that meddling kid um <laughs> well done <laughs> but uh i don't know i really liked it i i i it, i feel like if Froome would have been there i don't think he would have won but i think it would have changed the dynamic of the whole race and i don't think i would have i th- probably would have rated it like a seven or six and a half um because it would have been more of the same. And not that that's bad. Like, the tour is good. The tour is the big show, right? But this year, kind of what you were saying, but this year has been really tough to focus on cycling, to care about the results, to be excited about anything. And I was not expecting this race to give me any of those things with the way the world it was, mm-hmm. but it still did. And so I'm going to rate it very highly for that. On a personal level, it gets a high score. On a racing level, it gets a high score. Storylines and course design, all high scores. So I'm giving it a nine. A nine, wow. So little guy, you nice. gave it, I believe, an eight, right? And then a nine. I yep. um, Just to keep it in the family with whole level scoring, I'd give it an eight. I think that it's... It was a good tour. I think that if the results hold up um, and we are able to move on a year from now without, you know, any super big questions besides the many that exist after the time trial, um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the life of a cycling fan. I do think eight um, just because there was multiple jersey changes. You know, we got a Yates appearance. We had... A lot of good solid full schlecks out there. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, jersey changes are bad? No, no, no. It was great. No, I loved your jersey changes. That's why I'm rating it high okay. with an eight. Um, okay. Up, up, 
a perfect tour. So like, I think that if you look back, like a perfect tour to me will always be the 10, the number 10, like, like 10 points on the scale was when Lance beat Ulrich when Ulrich crashed in the time trial. Um, that to Whoa. me is, that's a 10, Wait. um, just because it was, but that's your first, yeah. right? But it was just yeah. like that, that yeah, to yeah. me, if we can ever top that, this tour did not top that. I was not glued to my seat oh, for all 86 hours of the tour, the way that I was that year, yeah. because I wanted Lance to lose. And I had this hero yeah. in the, <laughs> in, in the Celeste kid of Bianchi, Jan Ulrich, right? Hate is so powerful. Um, for you. So eight is still a good a good score. Um, it was great to see some fresh new faces. I was the the marks against it were the lack of summit stages, uh, um, the lack of uh, the lack of a short stages. Like I, I do enjoy those Grand Tour stages that are only a hundred uh-huh. kilometers long, and there's just kind of that weird like sprint at the start, mm-hmm. and it just goes all out. I you know, eight solid tour. It was, it was enjoyable. And some of the most, the Chris Froome tours, I would put down at five or six, like this one, you know, we had a lead change in the most epic way ever on the second to final time trial. I will not take him, take that away from him until the authorities do, but it was uh, wonderful (laughs) to watch, but you know, it was just, I, I enjoyed it. There's no there's no knock on that. Like it was it was mm. fun to watch. Um, so congratulations yeah. to Pokakar for the victory in both the yellow jersey, yeah. the white jersey, and the polka dots, and Sam Bennett for um, taking uh, Peter Sagan to the uh, woodshed to finally win the uh, the green jersey. <laughs> so that was also <laughs> great to see. And I believe it was Movistar that took the uh, the team classification. Uh. Um, how is that possible that they still won the team? How is it possible, little guy? There's two certainties in life: taxes oh and Movistar God. winning the team competition. You guys, I was totally, I, yeah. So, ugh, ugh, it's breaking so, my heart. Why did it happen? With yeah. that, let's get out to our good friend of the podcast, Michael Matthews, to find out what's happening in his prep for the remaining Grand Tours of the year. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this Lowride Podcast. Hey guys, once again, super stoked to talk about our new sponsor of the podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. Of course, I'm talking about Willa's Kitchen and their Willa's Oat Milk. Head to willaskitchen.com, or you can even Google search Willa's Oat Milk to find out about the best oat milk that's on the market. It's wonderful. I love it. couple of things to give a shout out before little guy talks about the nuts and bolts because he knows this stuff way better than me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the consumer. <laughs> little guy is just the knowledge base when it comes to healthy foods. But one, Willis has by far the best taste and consistency of any oat milk I've ever had. I like it in a variety of uses. Yeah. Last week I talked about my, on my Captain Crunch. And I've also talked about it in my coffee. It's a fantastic drink. Mm-hmm. Love it. Also, it is certified organic, which is super awesome. And they use the entire oat, which does not leave any type of weird sediment or anything else that you find in some of the competition. I love it. Anyways, willaskitchen.com. Little guy, what's the promo code to save on your purchase? That promo code, Tim, is slowride20. If you head over to willaskitchen.com, use that promo code 
on either uh, just a one-time order or get yourself a subscription and uh, help us out a little bit and uh, help yourself out. This week, we also have to talk about the Mammoth Tough uh, event. The Tough 20 is going on now. Uh, that is a virtual ride slash race slash competition slash scavenger hunt uh, put on by uh, a friend of the pod and network host, Amanda Nauman. Head over to Mammoth Tough, that's T-U-F-F um, dot com to find out all the details about this race. There is a lot going on. There is something for literally everyone of any uh, caliber of cyclist, including teammates. Yeah, let me jump in. Um, let, me, let me jump, jump yeah. in on this one, Spencer, because like they, you, you can okay. use the promo code TOUGH10 tough to save on your entry fee, right? So you go to mammothtough.com, yeah. T-U-F-F. Use the promo code tough 10 But here's the problem. Last week I talked about I don't want anyone to sign up. Like I was kind of doing the opposite. Like, hey, don't sign up because uh-huh. the prizes... It's clever. The prizes that yeah. Amanda Nauman created were next level. And I called my shot. I said, I'm going to win the Gravel Reporter Challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win it. You get called, you get called out. I, I guaranteed I was going to win it. I called my shot. And then friend of the pod... Uh-huh. Doug Kniper, Kniper, Evil Kniper, out there in Michigan, does a whole like lays the bar down, yeah, in a, in an epic performance, and he wouldn't even have signed up if I wasn't talking about it last week. Kind of disappointed in you, in you, Doug. You're a friend of the pod, and now you're taking away the prizes <laughs> from me. I was hoping to just kind of slide into the victory here, and now I have literal competition that now I'm going to have to bring my A game. I'm going to have to bring uh-huh. the selfie stick. I'm going to have to get out mm-hmm. there to do some recording of, and B, actually find some gravel to ride on. Um, yeah. I just want to do this in real life, but we can't. And Amanda Nauman um, has done a great job. By the way, I got the, the care package for signing up. I got my sweet Mammoth yeah. Tough socks. I got my Mammoth Ooh, Tough nice. buff. I got my Mammoth Tough bandana. I got a whole care uh. package. And then, little guy, you got the care package. The bag that it came in was a panda. It was like mm-hmm. amazing. It had a panda print on <laughs> it. Is. Um so Amanda Nauman, you're doing a good job putting together this race. A plus. A, a plus. That sounds I like, feel like like a competition the, in, in the virtual world. Yeah. It sounds like the care package is worth the price of entry alone. Plus you get to beat Tim Hayes at something which should be priceless to everyone. I know I felt that way at our Everesting challenge after the results finally came in. <laughs> And our Schwamigan challenge. Wow! After those yeah. results were verified, uh, for the record, uh, two that's ago. two victories two for Tim on the Slow Ride podcast. For all the haters out there, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, mammothtough.com. Just Google it. T U F F. Then use the promo code Tough Ten. Save ten percent on your entry. It goes to it, help them out. The promoters are dealing. This is a hands down. I have seen a lot of Johnny Come Latelys to putting together events out there in these COVID times. Mm-hmm. I think Amanda's figured it out. Um, I don't even know who is how I know Amanda's got a co-promoter. I don't even know who that is. I'm sure they're fantastic, but uh, I'll just give the shine to Amanda. Amanda, pass it along, but uh, great stuff out there with the mammoth tough. All right. Finally, yeah. one more sponsor. Once again, we're talking about the best smart bike on the market. Of course, that is the Watt bike. Adam, Head on over to wattbike.com slash US, W-A-T-T bike 
com to find out more. You can also find the link in our show notes. This is the best looking and the most reliable smart bike on the market. It works with Zwift. It looks good. It was designed for the 2012 British Olympic cycling team. Last week, we talked all about the gold medals that they had and the lack of silver medals in every competition that they did. Check it out mm-hmm. just by going to wattbike.com slash US. Once again, that's W-A-T-T bike.com slash US to learn more about the best indoor training solution as we head into the indoor riding season. This is Elred, bartender at Slogos. Who is this Stephen Hyde character? You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We're back once again. We have a ton of emails to get to, but first, I do want to bring up some great reviews that have been out there as we navigate through these times. Five stars from the Colorado Roadie. Friends on Lonely Roads since March have been riding solo. My wife works as an RN in a hospital, so I try and not risk others' lives because she is so high risk for COVID exposure, so I am solo every ride. My wife did get my bone conduction headphones so I can ride and hear cars while trying not to go crazy from loneliness out on out there every day. First, I tried music, <laughs> but good. that grew old. Then I tried podcasts. Yours is the one of the best to keep me company, although some of the other riders I wave at, and too few of them wave back, by the way. Most team and club riders do. Must wonder why I seem to be laughing out loud a lot. Even on hard climbs, no doubt, they think I have totally lost it from riding 6,000 solo miles and giving me a wide berth wherever I am. Still, thanks for the great pod <laughs> and making my rides a lot less lonely. What a gr- hey, that's what we're here for. Yeah, thank, thank you yeah. so much for listening. Thank that you. Is, uh, that, that means a lot to hear. So, um, fantastic. Guys, I, I think we're a, a five-star a five podcast the more and more. We do have also a second review here so give me just a second to bring this up mm-hmm. five stars anybody but and this one comes from apple podcast user <laughs> fdrjb every week i force myself to listen to the ramblings of these three <laughs> wondering which hot take will actually be hot or not as normal completely off the mark regardless i've been listening since episode 112 and I'm somehow continuing to do so, even though this is a mediocre podcast at best. Can't wait to punish what? my ears for another 300 episodes. Not too bad. I think it's a, it's a solid, it's a solid commitment. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Oh. Can't wait to punish his ears for 300 more. Mm-hmm. Oh. Love I love that we're the podcast equivalent of when I would eat like Cheetos. And I would be like, that's gross. And then I'd keep eating it and I'd keep eating it and I'd keep eating it. <laughs> well, guys, we did have a ton of great emails throughout the week. So first off, let's start with legendary yeah. friend of the podcast. He gets top billing. We have gotten videos. We have gotten phones. We have gotten pictures from our friend Ruby Rubey so many times over the years. I would say at least five years he has been listening to the pod. Hey, guys. In an attempt to restore a sense of psychological cleanliness in these confusing times, I've removed myself from Twitter. This has found me missing your controversial yet entertaining social media hot takes on all things cycling. Of course, he's talking about the Slow Ride Pod Twitter. 
In order to overcome this sense of missing out, I have been using the endless traveling time involved in chasing the ongoing French bike race to catch up on the WAP Wide Angle Podium podcast backlog. This very morning, we listened to episode 304, which (laughs) inexplicably... I had a stroke. Involved 10 minutes of little guy fetishizing the second-rate merch of a second-rate French team who riders he couldn't even name. Uh Of course, he's talking about Uh Cofidis. And what do you know? Classic cycling fan. This same afternoon on the roadside in France, we happened to come across the creme de la creme of said team throwaways of the publicity caravan merchandise. The full-size Cofidis supporter flag. I have attached a photo of said flag, including a beer and a small alp for scale. Ultimately, my question is this, as I have absolutely no interest in this flag. Would little guy like me to send it to him as a gift? (laughs) If so, give me his address and I'll happily cover the shipping. Little guy, have you responded to Ruby Roubaix yet? Friend of the pod for this amazing red Cofidis pro cycling team supporter flag. It says all of that on it. It is beautiful. Okay, so I haven't responded yet. I want to talk to you guys about this. So when okay. I saw this, my initial reaction was, oh, yeah, I want that. Um, I told Clearly. my better half, Caitlin, about it, and she gave me a look of why the hell would you want that in our lives and where do you think you're going to put that? Um, I already have an and idea. I was like, oh, I'll fly it in front of the house. And she she very quickly <laughs> told me there's no way in hell that a confidus flag is ever flying from our front porch. Um, and then I, I did get to thinking, what what am I going to do with this? Oh, it's really well, big. I was like, gonna create- if cross ever happens again, I could bring it to every cross race. But It sounds like Tim's got an idea, and I've got one too. So okay. I think you Hit should me. just start drafting the email yeah. now okay. saying you do yeah, want it. So- well, here, I got my notepad out. Give so, me some reasons for, why. I first off, argument thing. back to Caitlin with her giving you the the look of disdain of where are you going to put this? Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you have plenty of storage in the ice house that's in the backyard that you have that at some point you bought a <laughs> ice fishing house. So you do have room for yeah, this yeah. type of thing. That's one. Two yeah, is maybe sure, okay. Why are you not going to fly this in the front of your house? You guys know I'm a I'm a huge um, fan of flags. I love flags. I want to have a flagpole in the front of my house for this reason. I want there in July. It's not going to have the American flag flying that day, and maybe Fourth of July it will. But you know, July fifth comes around, the Cofidis supporter flag is going to be flying, and someone's going to be like, "What the heck is going on?" I'm like, "Oh, it's the Tour de France. It's a special flag. You should totally get into it." So, little guy. You need to fly this on the front of your house. Um, if okay. Caitlin is not into this idea, then I mean, I love Caitlin, one of my favorite people in the world, but little guy, come on, Caitlin, <laughs> oh. she needs to, she needs you to accept the you flag. Don't side with- I, Caitlin will become a huge fan of this flag. This thing is amazing. <laughs> I, I kind of imagine that that flying – I don't think many people are going to associate it with cycling. I think most of our neighbors, if they do look it up, will wonder why we are flying such a large flag of a, a second-rate French Bank. online credit company <laughs> or something. It's just um, shady enough yeah, that you're like, oh. I don't have like an un- – yeah. I don't have like an unbanked. Yeah, it's, sign it's in like front right. It's like, it's the Western <laughs> Union flag. It's like oh, checks cash. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Okay, Caitlin so is always weird. very rational, here's, but I still think you should fly it out here, front of the house. Here's the thing, uh, little guy. I heard your I heard your story. I heard your 
uh, trepidations. I heard your uh, significant other's um, objections, rightfully so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, she's clearly an Italian cycling fan, not a French cycling fan. That's okay. <laughs> it's a house divided. Um, that's, that's for you two to sort out. But, um, th- it was clear to me that this, this flag would never fly in front of your house, that it will never be tacked to the wall in your house, um, anywhere, not even your man cave, but you have an even more selective man cave to mount this flag. And I suggest that it become oh, yeah. the new headliner inside the VW oh. Vanagon that is out <laughs> back of your house. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Um, at some point, it, I, see, the problem is the van's headliner is actually in good shape. That um, doesn't matter. Is it like a window shade, a window like so when you're driving down the road, no. it's the Kofidis flag in your blind spot? That's true. I could cut it. I could cut it up and make new curtains. Little guy, you say the headliner's in good shape, but does it say Kofidis <laughs> on it? That's true. You have a good point. Now, um, the headliner in the in my, in my car in the Mercedes is sagging quite badly. I don't know if I told you guys, but I fixed the sunroof, which immediately <laughs> broke the headliner. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> good job. Um, the first the first day the sunroof opened, the headliner like almost completely fell off from the wind. So <laughs> I could put it in there. That would be. Um, It'd be a touch. It'd be, I mean, you could also something. use this thing for, yeah, I mean, secondary class. ideas, little guy. You could make a Halloween costume for uh, uh, little um, Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin. He could be Kofidis Man as he's running mm-hmm. around saving the neighborhood from the bad guys. This is, sounds amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, That's true. I mean. That translates. You need to get this. You need to get this thing shipped over. I mean, it's big enough that it definitely okay. has, like, I, irregular volume charges. So, like, you might need to, like, you know, give a virtual high five to Ruby for paying the extra shipping costs on this. Yeah. But you got to get this thing. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's the You thing. already have the handbag. I, f- I felt bad. Well, I just – no, I know. And I know he, he he made the offer and it was a great gesture. But I started immediately thinking about the cost that was going to be incurred to him to ship this thing over to me. And then I, I wanted to have a good a good place for it. I didn't want it to just sit – here next to me while I podcast you guys as I sort of stroke it. I, I put it on my lap as a blanket, you know? It felt like not enough. I, I just, I love thinking about the idea that little guy is slowly going to Spencer create a Kofidis merchandise like collection, right? That like it's going to become his pride and joy. And yeah. then years from now, he's going to find like his alter ego that also has the same Kofidis collection on eBay and they're going to be like fighting over the same relics of, you know, oh, this was Martin's saddle from the 2020 Tour de France where he was where he was the top place Frenchman in 17th place or whatever it was. Yeah. 11th. Thank you very much, Tim. He uh, got 11th. <laughs> hey, guys. This email comes to us from David Prince. Or, sorry, David Price, Esquire. What if countries, countries sending riders to the Tour de France were given a medal for how they finish in the general classification? I'm writing this on a Saturday night before the Tour de France ends in Paris in the belief that the GC standings won't change much tomorrow. In short, what if countries who sent riders to the Tour de France were awarded a medal for how those nations' riders performed in the GC, taking into account the number of riders they sent to the Tour, the wealth of the country, and the number of riders who finished in the top 25? I'll start. This year, the gold medal would have went to Slovenia. With only three riders in a small country, they took the first two places in the podium. By the way, who is the third rider from Slovenia? Do you guys know? Oh my goodness. 
Uh, feel bad for that guy, actually. eh? Ugh, he's not even going to get like congratulated for winning the uh, for finishing. Someone I'm sure will email us. <laughs> As for the silver medal, yeah. I would have to pick Colombia. Colombia always punches above their weight in the classification. Although a small country, this year they sent mm-hmm. ten riders, and they finished in sixth, eighth, seventeenth, and twenty fourth. And for the bronze medal, I would pick Spain. They sent 17 riders and finished in 4th, 5th, and 12th. The U.S. would not medal, but at least Sepp Kuss and Nielsen Paulus provided some hope for the future. But I'd hate to say it. The absolute last place, the cellar dweller of a nation, the worst nation, if you will, would have to be the host country, France. They sent 39 riders to the tour. Many oh. times more than anyone else. <laughs> they also have a rich cycling ha- history and a major economy. Yet seven of the riders did not finish. <laughs> and their top finishers were only 11th, 14th, and 18th. If the Tour de France were run like yeah. the America's Cup. Wow, uh, David Price, way to really just set your side. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you're a lawyer if you know about the America's Cup. Uh, it would be taking place in Slovenia this year and in Colombia the rest of the time. Um, America's Cup, for those that don't follow yachting, is by far the most prestigious yachting tournament in the world. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think? And, uh, thanks for the email, David, uh, friend of the pod out of Long Beach, California. Good dude for sending us an email. I kind of like this I, idea. I, 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 I don't hate it. Um, I am not, I haven't dug into the numbers. Uh, this is first I'm hearing this, but I might take some umbrage with Spain in third, they did send a lot of riders, and they do have fourth and fifth in the GC. But with that many riders, I kind of expected more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who would take that spot, though. Certainly not France, who packed twentieth uh, to thirtieth is full of French guys. Um, can I? Can I? Can I just blow some holes in his theories right here? Because because he's wrong about the number of Slovenian riders that were in the tour. We got Primo. We got Primo, we yeah. got Pogachar, we all know that. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Morik from Bar- Bahrain Merida. John okay. Pollock, yep. as Tim mentioned earlier, from UAE Emirates. And uh, Luca Medzka from uh, uh, Mitchell yeah. Scott was there. And I th- I think that's it. But that's mm-hmm. that's actually, considering Slovenia, um, what's in the water in Slovenia? <laughs> That's, I mean, that's insane. Something, like, something they don't test for. Well, um, not, not I mean, but I'm, I, not only did the top two, but, but, but you had uh, like a guy who finished top 10 in some sprint stages. Yeah, that's very true. Morik and Polak did, are both good riders. Like, that's crazy. They're I did read that they have like a pretty um, strong like edu- education system that like, f- like works on active activity within children, kind of like the Iceland. Uh, soccer federation like how iceland's become a soccer powerhouse because everyone's out oh, like the, and, um, and running around like the u.s had the uh presidential's uh presidential <laughs> fitness thing and uh, yeah just exactly school. like that it's panned out exactly the same yeah top american rider i had to do yeah i had to do six pull-ups and if i could i got a medal from bill clinton i guess who i, I don't remember the first bush in watching this year's tour, I've had some major Uncle Rico vibes. I'm of the age where I've raced against a few of the guys in the tour, <laughs> namely Wout Van Aert and Mads Peterson. Wout is one year older than myself, and Mads is the same age as me. I raced cross against Wout in 2011, 
And of course, against is in quotations. When I raced the European cross over Christmas, I put it against in quotes as well is one year older than myself. By consequence, Vanderpool is the same age as me. So even if Wout was six minutes ahead of me at the finish, <laughs> Vanderpool was still three minutes ahead of him. Mads is where it gets good. I raced in the Stair van de Limburg in 2013. And in the second stage time trial, I managed to beat Mads off of the podium. Just ignore that he had finished well ahead of me overall and proceeded to win the Junior Paris-Roubaix the next week, followed by a successful professional career that included a world championship title on the road. Now the question is, mm -hmm. when watching the tour, do I tell my partner, you see that guy in yellow on the front? Yeah, I was in the same race as him back in the day. Or do I say, you see that guy in the rainbow stripes, you know, the world champion? Well, I lit him up back in the day. Any, w any advice of which way to go? Regards, friend of the pod, Jordan Cullen. Jordan, so gentlemen, Jordan, thank you. I love this email so much. So what do laugh. we do? Here? What does Jordan do here? Does he does he talk about how he did the same race with Wout Van Aert? Or does mm -hmm. he say, yeah, you know mm -hmm. the world champion? I beat him in a time trial. I mean, why, yeah. why only There's one? There's a lot of racing going on. I mean, you're going to probably be watching other races where Wout's off the front. I think you use the Mads while you can. I think you got to go first for that because he's world <laughs> champion right now. So you got to use that as much as you possibly can. And then default to yep. Wout for the rest yep. of the season, probably. I mean, Wout finished 20th in the tour. That's it's wild. Super wild. Uh, I think, I think you can, you'll, you'll have that name to lean on to be like, yeah, I raced against him for a long time to come. I personally am still hoping that Lars Vandehar makes a solid go at uh, road cycling so that I can do the same uh, because he did lap me in lightning fast fashion uh, in Cross Vegas mm -hmm. uh, one year uh, when he was U23 world champ in cross. And that's about all I have for a claim to fame. But uh, Jordan absolutely was a cycling phenom. Uh, you need to own it. You need to, you need to rub it in everyone's faces every time you get a chance because Man, cycling, we don't have that chance very often. So take it. And, uh, you know, um, just hope that, uh, you know, being there in Wisconsin, that Bjorn Sealander isn't in the same room because. <laughs> he, he had the white jersey know. at the Jura. Yeah, I hope yeah. he's telling everybody. Yeah. Uh, there, there are two young cycling phenoms out of Wisconsin, Jordan, and unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> Is there no justice? This email comes to us from Dave Rempel. Hey, Slow Ride guys. I'm a new to cycling fan. First year watching the tour and can't get enough. The physical feats on these mountain climbs, the tactical prowess, and the loyal teamwork. Truly inspiring. Thanks for helping me get to know some of these cycling names. Wow. Just so positive right there. Really just going to shoot this one down here in about the next 10 seconds, but I'll continue to read the email. Please help me understand why these riders must weather so much abuse from the fans, the spraying of the champagne, draping flags in their path, stepping in front of their view, and mm. I can't imagine what else. Is there no justice served? <laughs> I grew up in the barbaric tradition that is Canadian hockey, which essentially demands Old Testament-style <laughs> restitution when a wrong has occurred. <laughs> they would see domestiques uh -huh. swinging silkas to send a message. Please explain this culture of fans abusing riders of the tour. Tell me. Is there no justice? Dave from BC. 
Dave, you're from British Columbia. I can already tell. And I, yeah. it's a lovely place. And you're a hockey fan. I'm really sorry about the Canucks. It's, it's all downhill. Like, you already yeah. know disappointment. So let me tell you a little something about disappointment. It's the Tour de France. It's, it's just filled with disappointment, and that's why we all love it so much. Um, why do cycling fans act like assholes? I don't know. Don't Does know, anyone yeah. know? No. Like, it, it's embarrassing. It's really bad when you see in this tour, like I was alluding to earlier, it's just a, it's there. But, it, but there are so many fans that do do it the right way. Stand on the side of the road. They cheer when they come by. I could definitely do a little bit more booing. Mm-hmm. There could, there could, you know, I like booing of the bad guy. Next year there'll be a bad guy. I'd be out there booing. But yeah, well, and that's that's the problem is uh, the bad fans kind of get the TV time. You know what I mean? Like they're at the the big corner, the final climb, or whatever it is. But there's thousands of fans all along the road that are just enjoying themselves and chewing on the riders and having a great time. And, uh, you know, I love to see when they go past people's driveways and stuff and they're out there grilling, having a day out, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. I love that. Um, I, uh, never really big fan of, uh, running alongside the riders and the climb, all that stuff. Um, you know, but I understand it. You know, it's, it's the only sport in the world where you can get that close to the professional athletes, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, but you know, as we've discussed before and as many, many people and probably UCI discusses all the time, hopefully there's really no way to secure the entire course of a road race, you know, like it's just not feasible. So, um, we're just going to have to keep, uh, trying to do a good job educating people. And, And thankfully they all listen to the slow ride podcast, the pinnacle of education that we are. Um, mm-hmm. final podcast, a final email for the night as we're, we're wrapping up the show. We got so many this week, so sorry if you didn't make it, but keep emailing us at slowridepodcast.gmail.com. This one comes to us from Mark Statima. Capitalism Corner. I've got a Capitalism Corner for you guys. Uh-oh. Buy or sell. Will cycling fans ever be satisfied with the entertainment value of the Tour de France, <laughs> even when it's one of the best tours I've ever seen? <laughs> I know what Tim's going to no. say. I've been listening to a rival <laughs> as if podcast, and they were pretty ho-hum about this year's Tour de France. What do they want? A team other than Ineos winning? Check. New talent yeah. showing up in style? Check. Almost every jersey up for grabs yeah. with three days left? Check. A two-up underdog yeah. hug fest on the hardest stage of the tour? Check. <laughs> Mark Hershey causing panic attacks going downhill? Check. No signs of Michael Matthews. Check. Come on, people. Maybe they were watching the wrong NBC stream. A one-year listener, big fan, Mark from Los Angeles. Haven't quite watched Stage 19 uh, this year in case any of the above changes dramatically, <laughs> which is amazing. It does. He had no clue what was coming on Stage 20. Oh, my God. Again, it, it, it was a good tour from entertainment value. I do get it. Yeah. Um, it's great yeah. Absolutely great yeah. points. I will say... I'll throw this out there. This race could have used Michael Matthews. I, what? This this race could have for used Michael what? Matthews. I, used him for I think what? so. For the sprint stages that you love so much, Anything. little guy, but like just uh, a little bit more flair in the sprint stages. Like, can you imagine the Twitter storm that would have happened uh, if he would have won a stage in the sprint? Oh my god, it would be glorious. Uh, well, maybe get that at the zero, but I feel like 
Sunweb would have misplaced their energies if he had been there. As it was, they came, they attacked, they attacked, they attacked, they got three stages. There's no second guess in that. I mean, Mark is right. There was a lot of good things. I I I I think we oh, scored it, it pretty good. Race. I think the eight nines and I think the eight two eights and the nine are actually pretty solid. Yeah. Um probably yeah. higher than last year's tour for sure. So those are yeah. yeah. Well, certainly. So anyways, the Tour de France is done. Take the two weeks off. You got you got the world championships apparently happening. Um <laughs> poor Mads Peterson. Yeah. Um you've got uh I mean, we got the Giro around the corner, the best of them all. And then you got the Vuelta overlapping with the Giro. The only thing that and would the make classics. the Vuelta better at this point is if it was only two weeks. But outside of that, guys, I had another wonderful podcast with you. With that, <laughs> I'll, I'll start this uh, outro. So I'd like to thank all of the listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast. Thanks for heading over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can support this network by becoming a donor. We'd also like to thank Willa's Kitchen. Head to willaskitchen.com. Use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 for the best damn oat milk in the business. We'd also like to thank Wattbike and their Wattbike Adam. Head over to wattbike.com slash US to find out more. And finally, we'd like to thank Amanda Nauman and the support of the Mammoth Tough by heading to mammothtuff.com and using the promo code TUFF10 to save 10% on your virtual entry and some of the best prizes i have seen in bike racing especially in the virtual world that we are now living in and with that this is tim back in orlando florida this is matt probably in minneapolis forever and this is spencer in boston massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road the slow ride podcast bikes advice rumors straight from the source the slow ride podcast.com and on twitter at the slow ride Pod. wow what an episode that was amazing when that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium podcast network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to WideAnglePodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends. <laughs>